This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Gentlemen, welcome to an episode of the preview show. It's very good to have you both here. We're going to waste no time this evening. We're going to jump straight into our match preview. Um, we are going to be coming to Dave shortly to look ahead to this weekend's visitors, Arsenal to Turf more. But in the meantime, Rich, we have got a game to look back on. You were at Anfield last weekend to watch the Clarets um, away at... I'm due to go, and then a sickness oh. got me down. So I managed to watch it, yeah. I've, I've been oh, bless cold. you. I've been quite poorly for the last week or so. Just managed oh, to wow. get back on tonight. Yeah, just a, just about starting to recover now. But yeah, I wasn't able to go, but I managed to still watch the game. Well, that's that is impressive a feat, anyway. But especially this season when um, it's quite a tough watch. So bravo you! That is definitely some commitment. Um, your general view coming out of this game was a little bit more upbeat than some people's. You're feeling like. It was a pretty strong performance by the Clarets at the weekend and it was showing some good spells to the point where you were uh, sort of making that comparison that we've just been really, really poor against the weaker sides in the division this season, particularly our relegation rivals, but really putting in some performances against the tougher teams. Is that a fair assessment of how you felt? Yeah, I thought overall we, you know, we played really well. As everybody knows, at Anfield's a really difficult place to go. I thought we acquitted ourselves, you know, as well as can be expected. You know, we lost three one in the end, but I thought defensively from open play, in particular, I thought we defended very well. I think Estev and Asignon are looking two very good signings. I think it's a shame that we've not had them for most of the season. Yeah, and first half in particular, I think we were very, um, you know. Worth, worth going into the half time, uh, you know, drawing and then second half conceded a poor goal, um, you know, to get back into the game. Yeah, there's maybe a contentious decision on 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 Ramsey. I think if he goes down, probably a foul gets given. Fafana has two guilt edge, edge chances. Obviously, Odeba misses with a with a follow up, and it could have been a different game. And then once again, you know, they score from a second phase set piece. Uh, you know, the first goal they score from a set piece, and that's been our our a huge Achilles heel of ours, you know, looking ahead to Arsenal. They're, unless I'm wrong, I think they're the best team from set pieces this yeah. season. So that's going to, I think Gabrielle's scored the most, um, got, uh, has scored the most goals by a defender since, since he signed for Arsenal. In the dif- it, um, so yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult on the weekend. But like, like you mentioned there, I think 
in the last few games against better opposition, you know, Aston Villa away, we was very unlucky not to get what? something. Liverpool at home on another day, you know, we could have got something. City away was kind of a bit of a foregone conclusion, but it's kind of been our home games recently. You know, the two home games against Luton and Fulham where we've got two points, but oh, we've been quite God. fortunate to get two points in those games and we've been poor. And, you know, we've, we've beat Sheffield United at home, but, you know, some of our home performances against the teams... I'd I'd also you should expect to beat anybody when you're when you're a club like Burnley, but you know that's that's what's let us down, hasn't it? You know, it's been games against uh, Palace at home, Everton at home, just just two that stand out in in particular where we've you know lost both games and not, and not played particularly well. West Ham at home where we was one nil up till about five minutes to go and, and we lost. So. Yeah, I think that's that's what's let, letting us down at the moment. But I think, yeah, against Liverpool, overall, I thought we played well. I thought, I mentioned the two defenders there. Um, I thought Burge was superb. Um, I thought he really yes. played well, especially the first half, really drove us forward. Odebur had his moments. And I think, obviously, Foster's out now for what looks like a period of time, which is a shame. But, you know, for final looks a handful. I won't say he's quite as cultured. As what Foster is, um, maybe a little bit more raw, but he's not played as much football. So yeah, there was there was positive to taste, but we're at this point in the season where we're so far behind, we're gonna have to pick up a, a surprise result here or there away at one of these big clubs. It doesn't look like it ever at the weekend, and we just don't look like we know how to win a game of football or or to pick up points. I think we're quite good um, in a lot of aspects of the pitch, but in both boxes, we're actually really poor. And ultimately, that's where football games are won and lost. You know, defending your box well and putting the ball in the net yeah. at the at the other end, and, and we're quite poor on that. And uh, I don't know where we improve on defending set pieces. We've got a goalkeeper who's a young man uh, who's got a lot of talent, but he's clearly got a massive weakness at coming out for crosses, and teams are exploiting that. We're doing this zonal marking system, so you're seeing on a on two or three occasions we was defending the six yard box. But Jota was just peeling off at the back post and they were doing a deep corner and, and it was just exploiting us time and time again. Yeah. And ultimately, that's where the third goal led from because the ball dropped to Jota and he was able to recycle it out wide and Elliot put a good cross in and I thought it was a good header from Nunes. But yeah, that's that's where, you know, I'll be surprised if Arsenal don't score from a set piece on Saturday and then you're under pressure as it is from there. Yeah, and probably pretty quickly as well. I mean, I think... We've been frustrated about set pieces, and I'm glad you raised that all the way through this season. And it it's frustrating as a fan watching the same thing happen over and over and over again. And you've got to, you know, we've been very supportive of the manager. We've very been very supportive of the club. We've not gone on a rampage. We've not called for company's head. We've not called for the board to be sacked. We've all pretty much accepted our fate this season. I think that's disappointing generally speaking but we have we've all sort of just realized that it is what it is but I, I just I don't understand how we've made no improvements to our set piece play is it just the keeper or is it you know like what what I, can the defenders be doing to help this I think I think the keeper does play a big part in it because when you're not as a as a defensive unit when you're not confident of what's behind you it does put you on edge a little bit you know you think about I know it's not fair to probably compare Trafford to Pope, but comparisons though I am I am gonna do, uh, you know. But when you know you've got Pope and he's gonna come out and claim everything, it just puts your defence at ease. Physically, we're not we're not a match for the other teams, you know. When no, we not. can't match the other teams physically, um, it's as simple as that. So I'm so I'm looking at it from a 
from a defensive point of view, you know, we're trying to go zonal marking and defend our area and trying to fit right. At least if we give players a bit of space at the back post, you know, they're not directly in front of the goal. It might limit scoring opportunities. But, you know, there's been times where, you know, you've got like Vitinho marking one of their biggest players or Odeberg being the nearest players. And that's where I don't think zonal marking works. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and we're not... I think Paulinho, I can't remember off the top of my head because it was a near post set piece when he scored, he was the nearest player, but it wasn't our cent- one, of, one, of, one of our centre-halves. You know, you look at Estef, Estev who's come in and he looks a big, powerful defender who could, you know, dominate that aerial battle. But in the build-up to that, you know, you look at our team and there's not much height in there, you know, there are a set of young lads, so I think there's that. And then you're coming up against beasts in the Premier League now, you know, they're all athletes. Yeah. You know, you look at even some of your average teams, and they're absolutely huge. And and it and it and it is this. Look at Luton come up with us. They look head and shoulders above us physicality wise. Well, well, they, well, that's what they were. Well, they were that in the championship, weren't they? Yeah. You know, you can't. And and I think in the championship you get more of the ball, and if you make mistakes on the ball, um, you know, you win it back quicker because teams don't punish you the same. And I would, you know, we had defensive frailties last season. How many goals did we concede from crosses and set pieces yeah. last year? We conceded exactly. a lot. Exactly. Yeah, Muric um, wasn't the saviour last season either, to be no, fair. It, he had it the same criticisms. Yeah. So, um, unless, I just think it's, we're not physically big enough to, and strong enough to deal with these set pieces. And I, and I do think the way we're set up isn't right. I think, you know, and, and I think company and the set piece coach, we can go on forever. We say we, we practice them on the on the training ground. Um, but teams are exploiting us uh, massively, you know. Like you said, you know, there's so many games which you look at recently where we have conceded from set pieces and it's just really frustrating because we're playing well in, you know, you know, there's games where we're playing really well and you're like, oh, one nil down again. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think we that's a really frustrating start- element. We seem to start the games like for the first 10 minutes to be looking really, really good. And we fall into this trap of, hey, you know what? We're looking really good here. And then we can see the ridiculous goal that's really like lazy goal. And it's too easy a goal to concede. And then the game just is lost. And it's, it's just, just a lack like, of confidence. It's yeah. a lack of confidence as well. When you're, when you're losing game after game after game and you can see that first goal, it's, it's almost that sinking feeling again. You feel it in the stadium. Yeah. Um, and I think there's an element of, when we play the bigger sides, there's probably a bit of pressure off. We're not expected to win, but then, but then there's a little bit of when we're at home against some of the weaker sides, that expectation serve, and, and we can't quite seem to rise to it. And that's what Dice's team did really well when we were successful. Yeah, right. We always used to beat the teams around us, and we're not we've not been able to do that this season, and that's why you know the reason we are where where we are. Yeah. Um, One final bit on that, then you you mentioned this before when we talked about the fact that we're going to have lost. Lyle Foster again for a short spell out of the side. One of the themes this season, which (coughs) frustrated me, which hasn't just been as a result of injuries, but has also been a result with companies' team selection. I don't feel like we've had a settled side all season, and that has got to have played. Not enough. We've you know we've been unlucky with injuries. Like I said, Collie Collie Osho was really getting into his stride, and I thought I'm doing a lot. I thought Amduni looked better when he was playing with Collie Osho. They seem to have a really good understanding. Collie Osho's pace seems to create a bit more space for Amduni. Bayer's not been able to get fit. You know, Taylor's had injuries, you know. But that's but that's football. You know, you're yeah. going to get injuries. And ultimately, you're going to change the side a little bit more. 
when you when you're not winning to try and have a winning formula. Think of late. He has found a little bit more of a settled side. You know, we're earlier in the season there was three, four, five changes per game. So he, so he has just be injuries now, doesn't it? Rather than just a tactical yeah, change. Yeah, you know, and a, you know, for final will come straight in for Foster. I think Taylor will. I think you look at the defense. I've been critical of O'Shea. I think the last podcast I was critical. But you know what? Fair player O'Shea is getting better. He is. Uh, it's just is, it's just not good better. enough for this league, though. That's the that's the you problem. Know, it's not is, his fault. He is. He is what he is, and I look at him maybe compared to. Maybe this is harsh of, of me and something I need to look at. I compare him to the centre-halves we've had in the past. You know, me, Tart, Key. Me. Yeah. And even, you know, you look at Palace, who are struggling this season. You know, they've got that Gway, Gway and Anderson, who are just a level above. Yeah. And that's what... But ultimately, you know, when, and, and, and Everton, who's our closest competitors, yes, I know the points are Dutch, but they've got Tarky and Brantway, um, you know, so... That's where we're at. But I think if you look at the defence, if we can keep this settled defence of Asignon Taylor fullbacks, Estev O'Shea, maybe Bay will come back in for O'Shea. I, you know, I generally think there's a better bat for her. You can really see the. Oh, step really? Up. That's interesting. But you can see the step up in class from like yeah. Asignon, from Vitinho and Roberts. Yeah. It's, it's like a massive step up. Um, you know, he's a Premier League player. Estev, Estev looks a Premier League player. Um, but we're only going to get to keep these if we stay up. So again, this is. I thought is... we we're going to keep these. I thought Estev was a deal done anyway. I thought I thought we were. Keep... I thought it I, was I... dependent on us getting. Well, it, Matt Williams said no on his thing. Oh, too, did it, Great. Yeah, I'm not sure on Asignon as much, but I think I don't know if Asignon's the same as Estev, but Estev will be staying. Right. Well, that's so... good because that that's my thing as well. And I've is been... on the same days. No, it's just just a step, a step, just staying regardless. So is Asignon dependent on league status? Yeah, very oh, much that's so, a yeah. shame. Because we're going to end up in the same position. Though. This is this is my frustration with this season, and I've been very vocal about this, and I have said this at fan advisory board meetings as well. We keep being sold this idea that we've got a, a project and that we've got we're what? ahead of schedule oh. and we've got. He's okay, just talking to himself. Are you all right there, Rich? Do you want to just carry on talking to your missus while we're on the podcast? Oh, sorry. I thought I muted. <laughs> That's the wrong button. I love it. Listeners, that was a little insight into sorry, edit that out. domestic. Uh, no, I'll leave it in. That's funny. Um, well, <laughs> and I sorry, I'll go back to what I was saying. I was, I've was. i been very vocal about this. We, we keep being told about this three-year plan and trust the process and blah, blah, blah. But we just we keep seeing these these players... The players from last season that didn't join us this year because they were loan players and we didn't manage to sign them. Players this season, which will get sold at the end of the summer because they're too good for the championship. Players that are going to come in and um, and are obviously um, La who are going to be really, really good and potentially fall in love with them as, as a great player. And they're just going to go because we've got relegated. It's just stop, start, stop, start. And one of the challenges this season is building, has been to build that relationship and that, camaraderie with a group of players that we don't yet feel a connection with so I do feel like there is still a bit of a challenge with that in terms of how does Vincent company get us back to where we were last season but keep that going forward because Our winning games just simple yeah but it was just winning games though Rich. it was it was he, it was 100%. You don't think that the when, summer's recruitment made a big difference in that and then the tinkering if, at the beginning of the season. If you win games, you have a connection to the team. If you don't win games, you don't have a connection. To me, it's really... I think it's been... But what about people, the Dash years, though? But we won. 
No, but not in the last couple of seasons when we were going down. Yeah, but, yeah, but we had a con- yeah, but these but these lads got us to Europe. These lads got us tenth in the Premier League. So that, these was, lads. So that was the length of service we'd already of got. Course, there just the because we had six months of not being too successful, six eight months doesn't write off six seven eight previous years. If we if we win games, you get a connection to the players, and and and, and I see this maybe a bit differently, and and I and I get Masengbo, you know, he's been great. He puts stuff on social media and and people are getting annoyed by like the lack of kind of like you know players just putting mundane messages on Instagram. But every single I feel fo- that to be honest. But every single footballer at a Premier League club will do the same. Go on go on any club social media and it'll all be the same. It's all generic. Tweet that you know they'll 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 have the media. It's a Scott pile of let's go again. That's what every club just, does. Ugh. But that's but that's the game now. I, know. I don't understand why. I maybe I'm different because I'm not from. I don't care what Josh Brown puts on Instagram. Mm. I couldn't care less. I care what what goes on on the pitch yeah. and the connection. I think that's not the problem, Rich. If Amdouni scored twenty goals this season and we was tenth in the league, we'd have a connection with him. Yeah. So but I because, guess. But tell yeah, us no, you're right. The goals. But then tell us so... God. Look, so you have a connection with him, and because he's done well, he's able to feed off that confidence, and and it just grows and it grows and it grows, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you see his personality when you've got these young lads coming in and they're not successful and they go into the shell a little bit. You're not going to feel that proper connection no. when you've won one home game all season. And but you've I got think, I think for us, particularly as a community club, though, Rich, that's that's one of the challenges that we face as fans in football in 2024 that's quite hard for us because we've always the, felt that at game, no i know that's yeah the... i don't disagree with you but i'm saying and that's what and without being horrible this is what you get when you get lads over from europe like these lads are purely coming from burnley as a stepping stone in yeah. the career and they're probably going to be here and the model is for one or two years and they're going to move on um you know it, It'll be, it'll be quite rare moving forward that we're going to have your Barnes, Tarkies, Meads, yeah. Westwoods, uh, you know, Boyd, you know, Boyd going, Arfield going back a little bit. Were they going to stay that real length of time? Because yeah. there's two options what's going to happen for Burnley if we get in the Premier League with these European lads. Either they're not good enough and we sell them, or they're, or they're good enough and they go after a season or two because the value goes up. And that's going to, and, and this is what's going to, and you might get the odd player who kind of is that level at Burnley and he stays there and grows a connection. But the connection grows with just winning games of football, you know, after the game, clapping the players off, you know, giving it, you know, when company used to give it to the big one, to the cricket field stand. You, know, you can't keep doing all that when you when you don't win games. Yeah. So this is, I know me and you have a little bit of a disagreement on this. That's just the way I see it. I think it's just quite a simple I'm I'm like I'm not too fussed about it all really. It don't it don't really bother me um, yeah. about this connection thing, you know, or yeah. I feel disconnected. Like, I, I yeah, well, I'm the opposite. It's I'm a lot yeah, more, I don't I'm necessarily more emotional feel when it comes to it. I don't feel disconnected with a club. I just think we're 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 not having a good season. It's just as simple as that. I I, mm. I, I think some of the stuff I've seen is a bit over the top. The you know the clubs. Going, you know, the club's a disaster. There's no connection. There's oh yeah, no, there's that's that's yeah, that's we're just way not too winning. Much. I think the club's in a decent position. You know, we're just we've just got a lot wrong yeah. this season. Financially, we are, and ambitious wise, we are, and I think that's great. 
I, but I do think we've made a lot of mistakes this season. Yeah, we have massive mistakes a, yeah, in recruitment. We've, you know, we've signed players who are probably a little bit too inexperienced. You know, we've, we've signed too many of that. We've signed too many of the same type, you know, your winger types and attacking players. We've probably not got enough experience and solidity in key areas of the pitch. Um, and kind of that, that's the thing where we are. But, yeah. I just think in terms of connection, it's hard to get that when you win, yeah. when you get for 13 points from 24 games. It just puts Moves everyone in a crap games. mood. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And, and yeah, gosh, listeners, Rich and I have had so many I don't many think I'm right. I don't think I'm right at all. I just think that's, that's you know, and I prefer people to tell me I'm wrong. And we come on this because well, no, we, you know, we, we have yeah, an, a, an, an, an opinion and that's my kind of like view on it. And it's that mm. like, you know, I think we've got a lot of good... One thing I will say, and I'll disagree with, considering how bad we've been, I think we have turned up overall recently. Fulham full aside, for staff, we were poor. I thought yeah. the lads have kept going. You know, we've got a lot of young players. You know, someone like Amduni who's got a lot of stick. He's not been great the last few mm-hmm. games, but... I don't understand I'm... that. I don't know why Amduni's got so much stick, to be honest. He's just... Listen, he's just not putting the ball in the back of the net, and it's frustrating. He misses chances, and he can go missing. Mm-hmm. You know, and he can go missing in games a little bit, but, like... I know you can maybe say about Ramsey backs out of challenges a little bit. He's a, Ramsey does frustrate me a little bit. He's a bit lackadaisical for this level. Um, but I think overall we have to, you know, we're not getting the results, but I don't think it's a lack of, me personally, this is my opinion, I don't think it's a lack of effort. I think it's a lack, lack of quality, a bit of bad coaching and a bit of naivety yeah. is the reason we're, we're, we are where we are now. Yeah. Wise so, words from Rich. No, I'm, I'm glad... Like I say, listeners, Rich and I have had these debates so many times off and I wanted to bring them on air because I just think they're interesting and I think it's, I think I wanted to, to bring that to the masses. So, um, listen, nothing that Rich has said um, surprises me because I've had this debate lots. Um, Rich, and, I, and I get where you're coming from too. You know, you probably uh, want to see a little bit more personality from the players and, and to see the, but I just think it's the age we're in now. You know, players yeah, are just media to trained to the eyeballs. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah. Right, before you, I'm going to let you go because um, I know it's quite a late recording for you. So I'm going to okay. let, you know, let you drop off and um, have the rest of the night off. And me and Dave yes. will go on and do the preview show. Before you go, give us a quick prediction for Saturday. 3-1 three, 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 again. Yeah, you think we'll score though? Yeah, I, you know, I think That'd there is goals in the start, isn't there? I think we've scored in the vast <laughs> Liverpool, Dave will correct me. I think we've scored in in a lot of games recently. Going yeah, going back to that, any. you know, going back to kind of like Fulham away, then Villa away. We got City, uh, Liverpool this time. Fulham, yeah. uh, we got a couple Luton. So you know, we are actually yeah, we it. are scoring. I think you're probably right. It's just um, it's just the other end that we need to that we need to secure a little bit more. So yeah, I don't think we'll get battered. You know, I don't think we'll have a West Ham where they come and batter us four, five, six nil or anything. But I just think we'll 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 play well in patches. You know, we you know have moments where we really cause some problems, but we'll just concede probably a couple of weak goals. You no, know, essentially from set pieces again. So three, three, one to Arsenal. Excellent. Well, thanks very Cheers. much, Rich. Lovely to have you on, and we'll see you again next week. See you. See you. See you Bye, both. Rich. Enjoy, Dave. Bye, bye. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So there we go, Dave. You and me, let's let him go. Um, I promised him that I would just keep him on for a little bit because it is we are recording this quite late at night and he's, uh, yeah, he's a bit, little bit late for him. So you and me are the night owls, Dave. We're the ones who do the preview show late at night. So let's get moving on. We are, of course, looking at the visit of Arsenal. It's coming Saturday. It's the 17th of February. It's a 3pm kickoff, not televised anywhere in the UK. Um, do you want to kick us off with your preview show, Dave, please, to talk through your match results summary? Certainly, yes. Although Burnley have managed to beat Arsenal at Turf Moor more recently in cup competitions, we haven't done so in a home league match for over 50 years but our overall all-time record is more positive. 51 past league meetings at Turf Moor have produced 21 Burnley victories, 13 draws and 17 wins for our visitors. The goal tally in these matches stands at 70 to Burnley and 59 to Arsenal. However, these stats are masked by 10 home wins out of 13 from 1897 to 1926, including three from the very early days when our opponents were still known as Woolwich Arsenal, and later on, nine wins out of 13 between 1954 and 1965. Our only wins from the last 16 home meetings in the league were in December 1967 and also December 1973. And we'll explore the last of those two, which was also our most recent home league win over the Gunners, as I want to remember very soon. In the Premier League era, Arsenal visited Turf Moor eight times, and have come away with all three points on five occasions, as well as there being three draws. But four of Arsenal's five wins were by a 1-0 scoreline, with several of these aided by some outright diabolical refereeing decisions. Maybe the tables will turn and this will start to even itself out this weekend. I was laughing, Dave, at your, um, your, the, the venom with which you said some diabolical refereeing decisions then. Uh, I, yeah, I did. Uh, I, I wondered how long you've been saving up to to be able to get that out uh, that one out of your system. <laughs> well, let, yeah, definitely. Well, let's move on then. You did already mention you teased us then with your uh, preview of our one to remember and one to forget feature, where we look back at two different games for two very different reasons. And I think, Dave, if we stick to form, you're going to kick us off with the one to forget, please. Uh, certainly am, yes. Uh, would you like to hear the one about the offside handball goal in Scottish uh, time from October well, 2016? I'm still not over that one, but yes, let's go for that one. <laughs> well, it, it was so ridiculous that even VAR would have ruled it out, but sadly, on-pitch referee Craig Pawson and his assistants thought everything was fine. Uh, this was still a couple of years before video replays, if you recall, and I reportedly one of, one of the incidents that was instrumental to it being introduced. Or maybe we could give you two for the price of one. I remind you of the match from the following season in November 2017 when the Welsh Aaron Ramsey theatrically flung himself to the floor under very little contact from James Tarkovsky and was somehow awarded a penalty, again 
in stoppage time. Uh, Alexis Sanchez was involved both times, scoring the penalty in 2016 and then providing the cross in 2017. But personally, I'm still raging at the mere thought of both of these matches. So perhaps it's time to protect my blood pressure and move on to something <laughs> more positive now. Go ahead then, Dave. What is your match? I'm loving this section. What is your match to remember? Okay, well, we mentioned earlier that over 50 years have elapsed since Burnley's last home league win against Arsenal. So let's take you back and look at the particulars of that match. The Clarets have made a strong start to life back in the top flight after winning the second division title in 1972-73 with Jimmy Adamson's team of the 70s. And on the 15th of December 1973, the Gunners, managed by Bertie Mee, arrived at Turf Moor. The visitors took an early lead through John Radford after only seven minutes. And it stayed that way until the break. But the Clarets attacking the B-hole end in the second half were a different prospect entirely. In the 62nd minute, a free kick from Leighton James found Ray Hankin inside the box and he turned and fired an equaliser past Bob Wilson. And then in the 78th minute, the match was won with a well-taken volley from Colin Waldron. As well as the 13,000 supporters inside the ground, Burnley Express reporter Peter Higgs was impressed with the quality of the football. And his report had the headline, this was a tribute to British soccer. Burnley remained in third position in the table behind Leeds United and Liverpool. Meanwhile, Arsenal dropped two places down to 12th position. Ooh, some good stuff in there. So that I, I was literally a couple of seasons ago when I learnt that the um, We Are The Long Side Burnley song wasn't Bertie B. I didn't know who Bertie me. Yes. I didn't know it's Bertie. But listen, I, I accept some criticism for some things. I, I think it's pretty harsh to criticise me, considering that our mascot is called Bertie B, and I'd never heard of Bertie me before. But anyway, that's that's one for another day. One for another day, Dave. Um, okay, where are we moving to? Um, opposition view. Um, we have our good friend Dan Potts from AFTV, who's going to give us his views, please, ahead of the game. Yes, people, it's Dan Potts here from AFTV and Football's 12th Man podcast. Um, big up to the No Name Ever podcast for allowing me to give my thoughts on the upcoming fixture this weekend. Listen, it's never going to be easy in the Premier League. You never quite understand what Premier League slip-ups are around the corner. But I am confident going into this game, just for the pure fact that we've now found a little bit of form. After we come back from Dubai, there's definitely been some changes of Arsenal in terms of our style of play. I think we're a lot more free-flowing than we've been for a while. I also think that our set-pieces have massively improved since we've seen Declan Rice getting on them at corners and at free-kicks. Swinging the ball in, we're actually looking a bit more of a threat with Gabriel and Saliba and Ben White and Kai Havertz and some of the physical attributes that we have in the side that can actually cause some problems. Um, we also look a lot more free-flowing and actually scoring some goals. We've scored 16 goals in four games now, five against Palace, six against West Ham. So I am confident, you know, from the Liverpool game onwards, I would say. Against Palace, it can happen. Yeah, they're not in good form at the moment. Against Forest, we've always struggled over there, to be fair, at the City ground. It's a tough place to go. We got the job done. But actually, the dominance that we showed in the Liverpool game has really filled me with some confidence. And I think the absolute demolition of West Ham has given all... Arsenal fans, that huge lift that we want going into this game, that perhaps we could go and get a few goals past Burnley, who, let's be real, when I was on here last time, I said I haven't been impressed by Burnley, I haven't been impressed by Vincent Company, and a few months on, nothing's really changed for me. Um, I felt against Liverpool, 
you gave him a little bit of a scare, but let's be real, I think their quality shone through. Um, but I haven't seen any amazing, outstanding performances individually from Burnley. You know, when you're looking around thinking that perhaps, you know, Sander Berger and Lyle Foster um, and Kelly Oso, is it? I don't know if I've got that name right. They're probably the only three that have stood out this season for me. I'm struggling to look at who else there's been. Now, James Trafford, lightweight, but a good shot stopper. Um, but some of the other players, I don't know, man, I've been disappointed with Burnley. And I'll say this to all the Burnley fans watching and listening. What other manager has the amount of pressure on them or less pressure on them than Vincent Company? And what I mean by that is you haven't won games for a while. You haven't gone on any form of run this season where you put three, four runs together, wins together. And there's been absolutely no pressure on Vincent Company. And I find that bizarre for me because Steve Cooper was sacked at Forest. Obviously, Sheffield United have got Wilder back in. Um, and Palace have now got rid of Roy Hodgson. Everybody that's down there has either pulled the plug or there's been pressure on them to pull the plug. And with Vincent Company, maybe he's just got so much credit in the bank that he can play poorly, the team can't really turn up, and he's just going to be safe whatever. Um, now, you might think, you know, I'm talking negatively here or pessimistically here potentially but you might think do you know what he's got us up before we're looking like we're going to go down let's keep hold of Vincent company because we know he can do the job to get us back up but I haven't been impressed by any style of play I wouldn't know what the style of play at Burnley is I haven't seen any identity from Vincent company I haven't seen any philosophy or understanding of how Burnley tried to play football so I don't know man would you rather pull the plug and get a manager that can try and keep you up or would you just accept you going down, keep playing the way you're playing, keep Vincent company and use your parachute payments, get a few players in and try and go back up next season? That's where I'm at with Burnley. Um, as for this game, I think you can cause some problems for Arsenal. Absolutely. I think that we could get um, caught out potentially. But I do fancy Arsenal. I do. Uh, I think it will be fairly comfortable for us. The way that we're playing at the moment, I think we're on fire. Saka and Martinelli have really shown up. Um, looking to play Trossard in that false nine where he's been phenomenal. Um, Martin Erdegaard has been unplayable in the last few games. Defensively, we've been solid with Gabriel and Saliba and Rice sitting in front of them. That trio has been phenomenal this season and three of the best players for Arsenal so far, 100%. Um, so I'm going to go for a comfortable 3-0 victory. And maybe that is being optimistic, but I just feel like the confidence in the team and the form right now uh, proves that that's, uh, that's what I'm going to go for. So I'm going to go Arsenal 3, Burnley 0. Big up to all of you. Make sure you like and subscribe. If you do want to come follow myself and support Football's 12th Man podcast, that'd be amazing. You'll see Natalie and uh, some of the other reps on there as well. So make sure that you follow that. Please, people, we'll see you next time. Come on the Arsenal. OK, referee Dave. Hit me up with some referee stats. Okay, we've got Liverpool-based Aussie, Jared Gillett. He's going to take charge of this Saturday's match at Turf Moor. And it'll be just the fourth occasion he's refereed a game involving the Parrots. The other three occasions have produced one win, one draw and one defeat. Last season, we came from behind to beat West Brom 2-1 at Turf Moor. And later in the campaign, we drew 0-0 with Sunderland, also at the Turf. He also took charge of our 1-0 defeat at Wolves earlier this season. That was back in December. Uh, there were no red cards in any of those three matches and the yellow card count to date stands at seven to Burnley players and just three to our opponents. On this occasion, Paul Tierney will have access to all the replays as the video assistant referee. Good stuff. Well, we've already talked at length about uh, with Rich about uh, our plans for Saturday. We've talked about the likely starting lineups. I imagine, apart from Fafana coming in for Foster, that it will pretty much be the same as what we're expecting. Um, so I'm just going to get a, a score prediction of you, please, Dave, and just a general feel about how you think the game's going to go. 
Uh, I think it'll be a tough one. I don't think we'll get battered like West Ham did last weekend. Um, I think it's difficult to predict a Burnley win. I don't think Burnley are going to win, but we might possibly get a draw. I think we might. We need to get some surprise results from somewhere, and I think we might might just surprise them and get a draw. Dave, this is must be like the third or fourth time this season where in in the face of adversity you've gone with a draw. I'm ever so proud of you. I'm giving our listeners false hope, aren't I? You are, but I love it all the same. I do love it. Um, I'm also going to go for a draw then. I'm going to say that Burnley are going to win 2-2. I think we're going to be, I think we're going to go 2-0 down. We'll pull one back before like half time and we'll get a really late equaliser and it'll be amazing. We'll leave Turf more 2-2. I think if we go 2-0 down, we won't win. I think we're more likely to get going front. Listen. At this moment in time, Dave, we're in fantasy land, so let's not worry about the realistic... We are predicting that Burnley are going to get a draw at home against Arsenal. Let's not worry about whether or not we think if we go 2-0 down, we'll get it back. I don't think our predictions are particularly legitimate, do you? <laughs> OK. OK, let's move on. Do we have a miscellaneous start of the week at all? Uh, no, we don't. Yeah, so instead then, let's move on to everyone's favourite feature of the preview show where we rate our opposition fans celebrity fans our opposition's uh, celebrity fans who have you shortlisted uh, this week who have you made up well and just for you in, in the script I mean we, we can Ooh. perhaps tweet this picture out later as well we've got some pictures of the players of, of the fans in um, in see. Arsenal shirts as well so it's gone defensive it's gone defensive because I keep... Okay, I'm not being funny, but some of the examples you've been pulling out of the bag recently have been utter nonsense. So, Absolutely. I, yeah, so I want proof now. I want proof of shirts. So he has he has put them in the script, listeners, and we'll, we'll let Dave tweet the picture out later on. Go on, then. Who have you shortlisted and made up for this week's Arsenal celebrity fans, please, Dave? Okay, our six celebrity fans for Arsenal are as follows. Uh, first of all, Idris Elba the 51-year-old London-born film and TV actor has been on our screen since the mid-1990s, but he actually started out performing in reconstructions on Crime Watch. His career has blossomed since then, and he's one of the UK's best-known stars. As well as being a long-time Arsenal fan, he's also been involved with a No More Red campaign to try and reduce youth knife crime. Secondly, Lewis Hamilton, 39-year-old Formula One racing driver from Stevenage, is arguably the sport's greatest of all time, with seven world titles and over 100 individual race wins. Although he started out as a gooner when he was aged just five or six, his uncle was a Chelsea fan and he used to go and watch both teams during his childhood. Uh, next up, Sir Mo Farah, the legendary long-distance runner, now aged 40. He retired in 2021 but as a multiple gold medal winner and worked with world and Olympic titles at 5,000 and 10,000 metres. And he's the most successful British track athlete in modern Olympic Games history. Uh, JJ Olatunji is better known as London-born YouTuber KSI. Now 30 years of age, he's accumulated well over 40 million subscribers across three channels on the platform. He's also uh, uses internet fame to launch a successful side career as a musician and has been a part-time boxer. At number five, 42-year-old TV presenter Holly Willoughby was born in Brighton and started out as a presenter on the CITV 
Saturday morning show Ministry of Mayhem, uh, but he's best known for a 14-year stint as co-presenter on ITV's Good Morning alongside Philip Schofield. Uh, so that's five. And last and definitely least, uh, just to balance things out a little bit, uh, we've also included 58-year-old journalist and broadcaster Piers Stefan O'Meara from Rygate in Surrey. Who's that, you ask? Well, he's probably best known to me and you as all-round idiot Piers Morgan. <laughs> former editor of the... I was going to use another word there and decided not to. Family friendly, um, sure, Dave. <laughs> yes. Uh, he was the former editor of the News of the World and then the Daily Mirror before being fired in 20, uh, 2004. Since then, he's been on our screens as a talent show judge, TV presenter and occasional talk show host, as well as being a part-time <laughs> stirrer on social media. Oh, you're going to have to get down. I'm actually remind. Uh, producer Matt to get his bleep button out um, well it's a difficult one is that one I think until we get to the sixth out of six name on that list it's a pretty it's a pretty decent list but he just brings the list down massively so I would have given them probably oh, an okay. eight for the first five but I'm going to drop them down to a six now purely because Pierce Morgan's in there I think that's fair enough yeah that was the, that was the hope yeah six six out of ten Arsenal I'm sorry you have been plagued Arsenal fans with that clown as an Arsenal fan, so I'm sorry you've been dragged down. Um, well, that's all we've got time for in terms of our preview show. Any community news that we want to leave our listeners with, please, Dave? Uh, yeah, a couple of things to go through. Uh, this Saturday, some of the team from the Clarets Collected Initiative, who are usually based at Burnley Library, will be in the fan zone at Turf Moor. Uh, they're trying to collate your photographic memories of going to the watch the Clarets for an exhibition called BFC and Me. Uh, look out for them to find out more and see how you can get involved. Basically, they're looking for your photographs, whether they're digital photographs or old-fashioned uh, traditional photographs, which you can get scanned, and they're trying to collate those for an exhibition. So that'll be uh, really good. I think they've got some examples that you can see of other people's they've got so far, but they're looking to get more. And if anyone can help out, they'd be very grateful. Um, and then finally, from me, a quick FPL reminder. There's no Friday Ooh. evening match this weekend. Uh, so you have until 11am on Saturday morning. That's 90 minutes before the Brentford v Liverpool match kicks off at 12.30 to make any last-minute transfers, team changes, or to decide on playing one of your remaining chips. Uh, green arrows, as always, to all of our no-name-ever FPL managers ahead of game week 25. Where are your green arrows, Dave? They're there, but the uh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot them. <laughs> oh, Dave, bring them back next week, please. Thank you, Dave, as ever, for all of that info um, ahead of the Arsenal game at the weekend. My thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to making this episode, to my guests, Rich Steele, and of course, Dave Statman Roberts, who puts in a phenomenal amount of effort for the previous show, and he is a huge asset to the team. We do adore him. Producer Matt Fredditon and putting it together for Adam Dennett, our FPL expert, and the rest of our panellists for basically giving us material all week, even though they're not on the show. They do feed through our comments and uh, give us the material that we need to do those discussions for this podcast. So thank you all to none and ever team. Our thanks go to you, the listener, finally for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated. We will be back next week with a analysis show following that Liverpool, uh, sorry, that Arsenal game at the weekend, hopefully with that draw or even better to talk about as we are heading down to just 13 games after this weekend left to look at this season. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. The None and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the TalkSport fan network. 
Our host and editor is Natalie Bromley, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts, and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, and Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell, and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonenever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are proud to be associated with the TalkSport Fan Network. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.